You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast, presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. To the On Packing It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you, the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Thank you for being with us on this Monday following the Masters. A lot to discuss from the weekend in golf. We will talk about Tiger Woods. It didn't go as well as maybe we had hoped going into the weekend, but man, it went way better than we thought a week ago, six days ago. I mean, just craziness. So the fact he was out there, the fact he finished was, was tremendous. And I have got an I'm convinced, actually multiple convinced thoughts that I want to share in regards to Tiger Woods and golf and how we as sports fans interact with all of that. And so we will do that very soon. Uh, In a little bit, we will do unpack this. And I want to focus on the players that lost this golf tournament, even though guys like Rory McIlroy maybe had the the, the shot of the weekend and, and other guys had incredible performances, but it wasn't enough. So how does that relate to our own lives? How does that relate to Easter week? Uh, as well. And so we will discuss that. Tap drill. We got some fun topics to do with Henry. Henry Bienname is with us. Uh, make sure you jump on the chat. He's there monitoring the chat. And so you can leave your comments on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and we will see all of your thoughts as we go throughout the show. For those of you that listen later and you can't engage during the show live, we love hearing from you. You can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Throughout the show, we will read some of your comments as well to share those uh, with our our audience uh, that is listening. All right. We also will get into the NBA playoffs beginning this week. My Hornets are in the play-in game, which is funny, a kind of a unique wrinkle to the NBA season that that began, I guess it was last year. And and so uh, that we have that this week. And then the playoffs officially start on Saturday. So we'll give some initial thoughts on kind of the NBA playoffs, wrapping up the NBA regular season, and and we'll hear from Luke in a moment. Let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. MetaShare is a wonderful uh, opportunity and option for for you uh, if you're looking for an innovative healthcare solution that helps you save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. They've been around more than 25 years and my wife and I, we have been MediShare members for over five years, and it's been great for our family. It's affordable, it's effective, and a great option for healthcare. You can go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it, MediShare.com slash unpacking it to find out if it is the right fit for you and your family. Get a quote, figure out how much money it can save you, uh, MediShare.com slash unpacking it. 
All right, Luke, here we go. One of your favorite weekends of the year is in the books. Scotty Scheffler. It's the first I've mentioned him. He was the winner. <laughs> he dominated. Yep. Almost all. I mean, almost the whole tournament long. It was fantastic. And, and so we'll, uh, we'll share one of his uh, press conference clips from, uh, from the weekend, too, after he won, which was really encouraging and inspiring as well. Uh, but, Luke, how you doing, man? How was the weekend? Oh, weekend was tremendous. I love the Masters. I'm sporting my Masters coffee mug that my dad got at the 2001 Masters when Tiger won. So uh, I've wow. got all the names on the back. So, um, you know, I, it, it was a tremendous weekend. Uh, my sister got engaged. So congrats to my sister and her new fiance. Um, I was present for the engagement. And then when things kind of dialed down, a lot of the guests left back to the couch watching the Masters on the phone. So, uh, oh. yeah, it, it was a great weekend. That's awesome. Very exciting for your sister. And, yeah, you guys will be married close together. Actually, my brother and I, we got married the same summer. He got married in May. I got married in August. Wow. And then uh, my other brother a couple years so later. So they're getting married two days before my birthday. So, oh, wow. So uh, it's going to be a little happy birthday to Luke. Congrats <laughs> on the marriage to Grace and Ethan. So Yeah, I'm sure they'll be thinking about you. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Well, that's not, that's awesome, man. Uh, I, I was very intrigued uh, by this this tournament overall and, and kept an eye on it for, for all four days. But I I have something to admit, and, and I think I have to realize – I've realized this, and, that, and that's what we're going to talk about in our I'm Convinced segment, is that I'm convinced golf still needs Tiger Woods. Hmm. The ship has not sailed. We have not moved on. We have not fully embraced the new world of golf with guys like Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Jordan Spieth and even Rory. We're new to Scotty Scheffler. It's exciting. He's 25. He was unbelievable. He was calm. He dominated. He, he finished strong up until the final couple of putts that, <laughs> that he couldn't knock in. Legendary. But, Four putt. <laughs> just ridiculous. I kept telling my wife, Jody, I was like, hey, it, here we go. The Masters is about to end. Here we yep. go. All right, one more time. All and right, then the crowd started cheering. It was unlike anything I've ever seen. They're hyping him up. Scotty. It was great. Jim Nance is telling everyone, cheer him on. It was Come awesome. Come on, just finish strong. Yeah. But but what I what I realized is that as someone who I, I like golf, it's my fifth favorite sport. All right, so it's in the top five. <laughs> It's my fifth favorite sport. But when I was growing up, I'm like, I'm like peak Tiger time. Like in my Very formidable jealous. years, I mean, I'm, I'm watching Tiger on Sundays. And so mm-hmm. for me to now all of a sudden get into this new world, to, to, to get a taste of Tiger on Thursday and Friday and know that I can watch him and, and even consider, wait, could he actually make a run this weekend? And, and you're getting your hopes up. You're getting your excitement. To, for the weekend to come, and then Tiger kind of, all right, he just doesn't have it. It was all understandable. It was fine. He's 46 coming off a, a major life-threatening injury and, and yeah. wreck um, and multiple injuries and, 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 and severe uh, car crash and all that. So, so it was understandable, but it's, it, it sucked a little of the excitement away from me. And so I'm convinced that we still want Tiger. We still need Tiger. It's not enough to have Scotty Scheffler with a – five, six, seven stroke lead on Sunday to, to, to draw us in to the level of excitement. And, and I, I understand, well, of course it's not going to be like Tiger. Well, yeah, we know we get that, but it just makes me wonder, 
that moving forward, we're just never gonna we're just never gonna get there again. And in some ways, it's kind of discouraging because again, I like golf, mm. but it's just like we. The other convinced is I'm convinced Tiger ruined golf because <laughs> he ruined it for us because now it can never live up to the excitement of what he brought mm. year after year, tournament after tournament, major after major, decade after decade now. And, and so, again, we got a glimpse of it. It was taken away, and then we had to settle for Cam Smith. Is he Cameron Smith? We're going to talk about him later as well. Um, Scotty, don't call him Scott. Uh, Scheffler. And, and so there you go. That's what I'm convinced of. What do you think? Oh, man. You know, well, one, I want to – Paul Paul commented this was his first year watching the Masters. Ooh, so okay. That's it makes intriguing. me think, do we take for granted how many people actually watch – if you're watching live, listening, or later, do you watch the Masters? I guess maybe peop- not as many people watch it as I thought they, they do. It feels like every corporation in America shuts down productivity Thursday and Friday of the work week because everyone's watching the Masters. But, Paul, this is his first time. And, Paul, you realize the Masters is glorious. To your take about Tiger, I think I think you're right for the, the non- for the very average, I don't want to be snobby when I say this. I don't want to be, oh, the, the no casual golf it. fans. There's no getting around it. You're a snobby golf fan. <laughs> Just embrace it. It's who you are. It's, there's a whole crowd of you people. Yeah. It, it's, it's understandable. I'm, I may be a snobby NBA fan. So I, I get that. That's, my, that's kind of my niche sport, yeah. so, so to speak. So for fans like you, for golf fans who really only tune in for the Masters, a couple big tournaments – we do need Tiger because he draws people in like no other. The Wednesday practice round, the amount of people following Tiger, it looked like it was Sunday at, a, at the Masters. And Tiger saved golf. He put golf on the map. I'm convinced if you win on tour, if you win a professional golf tournament, a percentage of your winning should go to Tiger Woods. There should be a Tiger tax because he – in one sense, single-handedly raised the amount of money people can make in golf, golf on television, everything. So for the non-loyal, for the casual golf fan, we need Tiger because he draws people in unlike anyone else. For me, I'm pleased. I don't need to watch Tiger. I'm pleased watching Scotty Scheffler, watching the young guns, Colin Morikawa and his iron game, all these things. I don't need Tiger to be able to be extremely excited watching the Masters. But I don't think that's the case for most people watching the Masters. Everyone's watching Tiger. Everyone's there going to follow Tiger. Most people tuning in, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch Tiger. I don't care about first place. I don't care who's, who's leading. I'm watching Tiger. So I get that. Think about how remarkable that is. And we've been talking about this for 20-plus years, ever since Tiger's been around and, and, and has drawn this, this fan base. Ti- these are Tiger fans. These aren't even golf fans. These are Tiger fans. Oh, yeah. for, for one guy to carry a sport, now, a lot of people say that's a, that's a negative, like that's a concern, and, that, and that's kind of what I'm saying is because it's almost a bubble. The, the golf bubble will burst when Tiger finally is gone. I, I, I tend to think that. It's just it, it's not going to be in the national sports fan conversation the way that it has been when Tiger is in the mix. Now, the Masters has yeah. – there's a lot of uh, – tradition and intrigue with this specific tournament and the other majors to a lesser degree but golf as a sport without tiger i i still find it to be um 
it's just, it's just not the same. And so when it comes to su- yeah. even Sundays, Tiger used to be must watch. I mean, it was you you just cleared your calendar like you got to be in front well, of the still TV is and not miss Tiger, and he still is. He still, he still is. is. So to your, I, I I think you're right, but I think Tiger is. I'm optimistic in that Tiger has grown the game so much that when he is done playing, that golf will be able to succeed by committee. There's so many new young golfers. The game has grown so much that there's so much talent in professional golf. I think golf's going to be okay, but it's going to be by committee. We'll never see a Tiger again. I don't, I don't even want to hear anyone say, oh, yeah, who's going to be the next Tiger? Well, no one. So let's just put that to the side. Tiger is, again, he has grown the game so much, but I'm optimistic it'll be fine. But I, I just want to acknowledge what Tiger did is remarkable. He should he should never it was likely he was never going to play golf again and he made the cut at the Masters. Yeah. He made the cut and players who are light years better than him right now who play full schedules didn't make the cut. Xander Shoffley didn't even come close to making the cut. And he won the gold medal in the Olympics. <laughs> and Tiger goes out, he has played one time in 2021 and it was a father-son event. It wasn't even a real golf tournament and he goes and makes the cut it's just what he is some type of machine we can't understand and it i was trying to think about it there is no better golf store or no better sports story that combines the on and off the high and low in the history of sports i mean i don't even know what what comes close now there are some amazing stories there are some inspirational stories of, of coming back from injuries we've seen that at times but the rise and fall, I mean, we, we can't even comprehend. And so that's no. why I said he's ruined, he's ruined golf in the sense, I mean, this story is so good. It's like, it's like when you see a great movie and you're like, well, I'm never going to see a movie as good as this. It's like every movie you put up to that, you're like, yeah, that was okay. That's kind of how it seems now with golf. It's like, yeah, it was okay. I mean, that was a cool story. Yeah, Scotty Chef, yeah, that was pretty cool. But, man, it's not Tiger. It's not Tiger on Sunday. No. It's not the backdrop and the journey and the ups and downs and the, who he was as a little boy to, to then actually make it. And yeah, uh, well, think of the, think of the pull he has. I didn't even get to grow up watching his greatness. I was born in 1997 and tiger won his before 2019 tigers. Last major win was 2008. So I was too young to really understand the greatness of tiger and everyone in my generation watches tiger. And we didn't even get to see, we didn't even get to live his greatness. So I'm jealous of you, but even seeing his name on the leaderboard, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm locked in. I'm also convinced that when the any golf tournament for that matter, any tournament the Tiger is in, and they put up the leaderboard in the bottom right hand corner, you know, it kind of remains there, especially with the Masters. It seems like it's up there a a lot. There should always be Tiger score. Always. I don't care if he's in contention. People are tuning in to see what his score is. Yeah. Now we can check our phones, of course, but I just, it's always funny to me. You got, you got the leaderboard. Then at the bottom, don't leave him out. If, if you're scrolling <laughs> through the scores, that better be, that better be there because that's why we're there. Um, and so it doesn't mean, so again, I like golf. I think it's a good sport, but I don't play golf. So I, I, am, a, I am a fan. I'm a sports fan, and golf makes my top five. I'd rather watch golf than I would baseball. I would rather watch golf than NASCAR. But those are niche sports, too. <laughs> you're, just, and, you're, you're picking low-hanging fruit right now. 
You'd of but, course you'd rather watch golf than NASCAR. But, but those are that, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what that's kind of what it's up against. On a Sunday, you're going to watch a race, or you're going to watch the, the the final round of a tournament, and and so. But but I think when it came to Tiger and, and why why golf needs him is that it even drew people from maybe that we're watching NASCAR, we're watching baseball to say, wait, wait, Tiger's on? Oh, yeah, I'm watching. He's in contention? Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. watching. So that's my, that's my big, big takeaway from the weekend. And as amazing and as dominant as it was for Scotty Scheffler, I just don't think it, it stirred up the excitement. I, I, didn't, I wasn't calling people or people weren't calling me. Are you seeing Scotty Scheffler? The most exciting moment of the day was Rory McIlroy. Yeah. And, and maybe we'll we'll do that right now because it's it really is the meta share moment of the week, which which we do every week. And his shot on 18, followed by another shot on 18, uh, Rory McElroy, then Colin Morikawa, uh, incredible uh, situation and performance. So let me let me play this audio from uh, CBS's broadcast with, with Rory. He's six under at the moment going for birdie. On 18. Here we go. You just saw what Rory did. Bunk, it's a bunker. This is impossible. Anything's possible. And then Rory's celebration. The goofy celebration. Oh, so goofy. The double hands? What was that? So here's what I think. All of these guys, going back to Tiger, they grew up watching the fist bump. And everybody's natural response now, in really in anything, is the fist bump. But you can't just be the fist bump guy anymore. You got to or the fist, what do you even call it? Have we discussed this before? What do you call it? The, the, up, the up and under. The, up- uh, <laughs> the, 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 the tiger punch, essentially. It's the, yeah, it's, the, it's tigers. It belongs to him. Well, to me, like when you're in that moment and you're thinking, wait, I can't be Tiger. And so then you like get caught up in the moment. And so Rory just goes with two arms in the air and just kind of flails around <laughs> like a goofball. And uh, he's getting ripped for that, which is which is probably fair. But at least it was his own unique celebration. Yeah. So you got to have that. You got to have something special. He may not re- be able to repeat that, though. <laughs> because you just get caught up. You're like, oh, no, I don't know what to do with my hands. And then they're up and they're, they're Well, it dancing. wasn't even his first part of the celebration he did something else collected Fruit himself fun. and then went into the double hands it was it was interesting it was interesting <laughs> to say the least so then so everybody's celebrating unbelievable shot that's when everyone was going nuts that was the the highlight uh of the of really of the tournament in many ways and then his his playing partner Colin Morikawa listen to this I said something outrageous and early in the day I said get to eight under well he's made it to seven and this is what Murakawa did out of that same bunker. they've been matching each other much of the day oh again look at that unreal Murakawa so for them to go on the same hole together out of the same bunker to, to, to chip in and end your tournament that way remarkable Absolutely remarkable. Can you imagine that, following that group? I, oh Rory gosh. had the low, almost tied the course record, shot a 64, unbelievable hole out from the bunker, riding the slope. The very next shot, Morikawa holes out from the same bunker. It's just unbelievable. That's one of the loudest roars 
I've ever heard. And Rory said that's one of the loudest it's I've ever experienced on a golf course. And they weren't even in contention to win. It was unreal. Because the fans were waiting for something. Yeah. They, they, they went to get all fired up about Tiger, and then they were let down. And then finally Rory. All right, all right. Rory came through <laughs> with a big moment. Because people do like Rory. Not, of course, not on the yeah. level of Tiger. But there, there are Rory fans in a big way. And he's kind of been a letdown in, in many ways in recent years. So it was great to see him get back in the mix. Uh, and then Colin Morikawa is great as well. So uh, there you go. That's your MetaShare moment of the week. And MetaShare, of course, is our presenting sponsor. You can go to MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. All right. So that's what I'm convinced of. That's what you, that, that's the MetaShare moment of the week. And right now we're going to jump into Unpack This, where we take a current sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and we send out a written version of Unpack This Monday, Wednesday, Friday to your email uh, inbox. And so you can subscribe for free to receive that. Go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe, unpackingit.com slash subscribe. So today, of course, we're going to talk about the Masters as that's the, the, the big story from the weekend. And we just talked about Rory. And to me, his performance on Sunday was was absolutely remarkable and and to, to, to cut it he ended up losing by three so he finished second place behind Scotty Scheffler and and of course it's all about Scotty winning like Scotty's the champ and the world number one golfer going in gets the green jacket and and so he's he's loving life well for everybody else in this tournament whether it was Rory who had a great final round it just wasn't enough to win, it, even throughout the tournament. It just wasn't enough. And so he finished second, and then you had Colin Morikawa, unbelievable birdie chip. He finished four under, but he still came up short with the, you know, in regards to the score that was needed to win. And then how about Cameron Smith? He played really well. He was in the final pairing with, with Scotty Scheffler, and, and he had a chance to win. But then on the 12th hole, he shot a triple bogey. Landed in the water. You got to avoid the water on 12, but he found it. And so that knocked him out of contention pretty much. And then you had Russell Henley. He got off to a really hot start on the front nine on Sunday. He made four straight birdies, six through nine, holes six through nine. He had one other one, uh, I think hole number two. So he had five birdies in the first nine on Sunday. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough to close the gap. And so he finished tied for 30th. And so although we saw elite golf, incredible performances from a lot of these guys. Most of the field woke up today realizing that their best efforts just weren't enough to experience the victory they desired. Just wasn't enough. And so as discouraging and defeating as it must be for the players, this statement is actually freeing when it's understood in the context of God's amazing grace. And so even though you and I will never be perfect enough or good enough to earn God's love and salvation, he gives it to us anyway when we place our faith in Jesus. Our greatest accomplishments, impressive good works, they still leave us falling short. And so we must rely on Jesus to redeem us. And so we must realize that our best efforts 
They just won't be enough to experience the lasting victory over sin and death that we desire. We need Jesus. Much more than golf needs Tiger. We need Jesus. And so Paul explains this in Romans 3, 20 through 25. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. It goes on and then it says, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall, fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. Wow. We are not enough, but Jesus is enough. He was the perfect sacrifice on our behalf. And so think about how freeing this really is. When we accept the reality, I'm not good enough. I give up. I'm not good enough. I can't save myself. And when we actually let that, let that go, and you know, similar to, to the golfers realizing that they're not good enough, you know, they weren't good enough to get it done. They weren't good enough to close the gap, and we aren't either. We, we can't close the gap between us and God. Only Jesus can do that. And so when we place our trust in him, uh, he's the one that makes that, that possible. He closes the gap. And so we receive his grace. Now we rely on his power and strength instead of our own, and we humbly follow his way as he redeems and transforms us. It takes humility to, to, sometimes we're humbled and then other times we choose humility to recognize, yeah, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. No performance. Doesn't matter how many, how many birdies we have, right? <laughs> it's not, it's, it's just, it's never gonna be enough. But thank goodness, thank God that he made a way um, that thankfully our, our mistakes don't knock us out of contention either. That he, loves us despite our shortcomings, and he made a way for us to know him, to be made right in his sight. And now we can confidently, freely live with our souls at rest by acknowledging that it's not up to our own efforts. And so thankfully, God's grace and love covers us because there is always enough. There's always enough grace and love for us, uh, even though we, in our own ability, in our own performance, in our own weak effort, we're not enough. So. There you go. Thank you for God's grace. Uh, we're, we're so, uh, whew, man, just, just humbled by that. I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by that reality. And, and so, Luke, when you, when you think about not being good enough, does that make you uh, d- discouraged? Or does that free up and say, all right, I'm, I'm not good enough. I need, I need God's grace. Man, well, <clears throat> if I'm being honest, it's probably both. I mean, I, I mean, as as humans and personally, I, it's easy to fall into performance mode and wanting to perform for God in order to get more favor, in order, I don't want to disappoint God. In one sense, yeah, like there's a, there's a spirit-led, hey, I want to live a life of holiness, but sometimes my performance is trying to earn God's love mm-hmm. or trying to perform for people to earn their favor. And when I take a step back and look at the witness of Scripture, it's clear that there is certainly nothing I can do to to add any holiness to myself. I'm born a sinner, 
and I crave sin before, uh, before God works in my life to redeem me and, and save me. And then once I'm, been, once I'm given the Holy Spirit, then I can start uh, pursuing good works. Um, but man, it is so freeing to know that I don't have to save myself mm. and I don't have to keep my salvation. I think that's something I'm, I'm really trying to learn right now is, well, yeah, of course, I didn't earn my salvation. But sometimes I fall in, to, uh, I just kind of take a step back without even thinking on, oh, well, I better keep, I, I better live a good life now. Well, well, what's that about? No, it's when God saves me, he's going to keep me. And that is so freeing to know that God is glad to love me. He's glad to save me. It's not a burden on him to save me. And there's no, there's no responsibility for me to save myself or keep my salvation. I get to live freely uh, as I continue to pursue being closer and more like Christ. And that's Which a reality then, I have to re- remind myself of every day. Yeah, then it drives us toward living the life that, that he's called us to live in, in obedience to him. Uh, but yeah, it's not, it's not based on that. And, and so it's, it really is a, it's a surrender. It's a freeing reality. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And that's okay. It's like, and that's, that's okay in Christ now on our own without Christ. Yeah. Then we're not enough. Then we're defeated and we're beat up and we're, we're hopeless. But in Christ, it's like, yeah, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm putting my faith in the, in the perfect man who lived on this in, in this world was also fully, fully God while being fully man. And he went to the mm-hmm. cross on my behalf. And, and so I'm not enough. He's enough. And, and so we have yeah. to constantly remind ourselves of that. And, and it also we can get, you know, even arrogant in our performance as believers too. Mm-hmm. And we say, Oh, look how good I live. Oh, wow. I'm doing a lot of the right things. Yep. I'm serving yep. here. I'm doing this. Oh, and I then work our identity becomes more about how we live out our Christian life versus Christ himself. So our identity is a son of God or a daughter of God because of the work of Christ on the cross not our, our good works as believers. And it, mm. it's, it's easy to fall into being known as uh, Luke or Bryce, the good Christian guy. Oh, look, what, look at all the good things they do. But if we're, <laughs> we're honest with ourselves, we still do a ton of bad things. We sin every single day. And praise God that he uh, is powerful enough and gracious enough and merciful enough to save us and keep us mm. saved. Uh, and that the work of Christ uh, is good for eternity. It is, and Hebrews tells us that the work of Christ accomplishes us salvation for eternity. Um, but man, it takes humility to acknowledge we're not enough. I think there's, mm-hmm. in our culture, there's probably this, oh, you're enough. You are enough. Well, <laughs> no, are you kidding me? That's not what the Bible says. I'm not enough. I'm clearly not enough. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't have dignity being made in the image of God, but I'm not enough to be to fellowship with God, to be united in Christ. I'm not enough to save myself. I'm not even close to being enough. So when we're able to humbly see, not rejoice that we're not enough, but acknowledge and rejoice that God is enough for us right. and that he graciously accomplishes our salvation for us, that is, that is incredible. And it's almost... It's almost uh, unbelievable sometimes. Like, wait, God's that good? God's that gracious? God's that powerful? Well, yeah, because that's what his word tells us. Amen. Amen. So, the, yeah, the encouragement for us, especially, you know, this week, 
leading up to a, a celebration on, on Sunday of Easter is, is to really you know, contemplate and, and, and spend time meditating on this truth, on the truth of the gospel. And, and the fact that we've you know, kind of that first step is recognizing our need for him in our own brokenness and in our own, like we're talking about, not being good enough, the reality of not being good enough on our own and, and just kind of reminding ourselves of that. And then thinking about all that Jesus went through on the cross for us and, and let, let that weight, you know, kind of be there for, for, for a little while. I think going through this process is, is important, um, you know, all the time, but especially as we, yeah. we make a conscious effort with, with Easter. And then Easter is a, a total celebration of joy and, and the resurrection, and we, and we focus on all of that. Um, but I think recognizing who, who we are in light of a perfect God and then the sacrifice of Jesus and then the power of the resurrection and what that means for us now. We can talk about that next week. We'll talk more about that next week. But um, even though most, most of you as followers of Jesus listening today, you already know how the story ends. Yeah. But I think kind of taking yourself back a little bit too uh, puts things in perspective again, yeah. uh, which but, I know better. to your point, it's, it, it, this time of year, it's probably easy. I, I'm speaking for myself. It can be easy to kind of check out. I already know this stuff. Yeah. Well, as we, follow, yeah, as we follow Jesus, we have to I mean, preach the gospel to ourselves every single day. It's not we're saved and then, okay, yeah, now we can check out. We say we're saved. Well, yes, we're saved and justified at one point in time. But we have a lifetime of living that out and following Christ. And we have to remind ourselves and we have to have people preaching that to us and encouraging the truth of the gospel to us. Because, again, when we're operating by our own strength, we go towards sin. Mm. That's right. That's right. So we need his power and strength every day. Uh, and it, it's, it's a moment-by-moment moment, uh, yielding and, and surrender for sure. All right, man. Well, the winner of the Masters is Scotty Scheffler. And maybe if you watch some of the, the press conference and, and that sort of thing, uh, you heard him you know, be very open about his faith. And, and I think what he shared uh, can actually be really encouraging for us today. And in some ways, it relates to what we were just talking about. Um, but but uh, Sports Spectrum shared this on, on Facebook today, uh, and I wanted to play it. It's 53 seconds of, of Scotty Scheffler. Uh, here we go. I think that all goes back to my faith. You know, the reason why I play golf is because, you know, I'm trying to glorify God and, you know, all that he's done in my life. And so for me, my identity isn't, isn't a golf score. You know, like Meredith told me this morning, she says, if you win this golf tournament today, um, if you lose this golf tournament by 10 shots, if you never win another golf tournament again, she goes, I'm still going to love you. You're still going to be the same person. Jesus loves you, um, and nothing changes. And all I'm trying to do is, is glorify God, and that's why I'm here, and that's why I'm in this position. And so for me, um, it's not it's not about a golf score. Every, every day when we go out there, Meredith always prays for peace because that's how what I want to feel when I'm out there on the golf course. So I want to feel peace and have fun and just feel his presence. And so um, that's her prayer every day. That's my prayer, and um, you know, I really felt that today. I, I... Man, that's cool. So I appreciate him, him sharing that. And, and it, you know, it, yeah, I just think there's a lot of truth in there. And the other thing he talked about how, uh, like bef- when he's on the course, he feels good. But in that, in the morning, <laughs> something else is playing on my computer. It scared me. Um, but, but no, in the morning, think about how overwhelming that, that was to, to go, mm-hmm. you're 25 years old you're heading into the final round with a, a great chance of winning 
and you've got that whole morning to think <laughs> and kind of prepare because you'll tee off till the afternoon. And, yeah. and, you know, to have the peace of God be with you and to have that as your foundation as far as whether I win or lose today, you remove that pressure. You remove that pressure. No, all right, my, my wife still loves me. Jesus still loves me. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about with performance. It's not yeah. about performance. And we talked about Scotty Scheffler, what was it, two weeks ago, where his dad was talking about, hey, I, forget the golf. I'm, I'm proud of who you are as a, per, as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our, our MediShare moment of the week just a couple weeks ago. And now here he is sharing this message, talking about his identity, talking about you know, the, the prayer that his, his wife prays for him. Um, and he was able to win. Great. He might not win the next one. But Jesus will still love him the next time around, and yeah. and his wife still will too. And that, and that the same the same is for us, based on whatever performance driven mentality we can get caught up in our own lives. Yep, and it's <clears throat> that's just amazing for him to 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 trust that. Yeah, what God says about me is the most important. The God who decides heaven and hell, who decides eternity, who is sovereign over all, what he says about me is most important. It's so easy to get caught up in our own glory. You think he's going to be wearing the green jacket in heaven? No chance. <laughs> Come on. Our own glory is is so disgusting and dirty and nothing compared to the glory of God. So to pursue the glory of God is what is lasting and what actually matters yeah, you can go out and play. Did he want to win the? Did he want to win the Masters? Of course. Was he giving it his best? Yeah, absolutely. But if he would have lost, well, he's got the ultimate treasure, which is being a son of God through the work of Christ, and that's man, that's awesome. There's a peace of mind and heart that truly is there. It and it, it was evident. I mean, he played with such confidence and peace. Yes, I. It, he outwardly shows that calmness too. Like it, it was, it was obvious. Knowing, knowing what he says he's about, I think it's obvious that there's more important things than golf to him. Because I don't know how he maintained that calm. His body language, his facial expressions, he was just out there playing golf, and it he was, was impressive. Never, he was never really rattled. Did he have a no. bogey? Did he have a one bogey? Well, so yeah, he had a couple. But, I mean, he's up three shots. Cam Smith birdies the first two holes. Oh, that's and, right. That and climbs early. within one shot. So now it's anyone's game. His three-shot lead went to one after two holes, and then he chips in, and Cam Smith bogeys the next two, gains his lead back. He had a huge par putt on the back nine after Cam made a birdie. He just kept recovering and responding and didn't lose control, which was – I mean, the back nine at the Masters – how many times people have dropped shots? Cam Smith, mm. Jordan Spieth in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Lost tons of shots on 12. There's just so much room to give into the pressure, to lose shots, make mistakes. And he made a couple mistakes, but he the way he responded was just unbelievable. To be all eyes were on him going into the week. He's 25, world number one. He had his first tour win in February. Like this, it's not like he's been, he's had years of dealing with this. This is all brand new to him. And he's just going out and playing golf and having fun. It's like, this is remarkable. Yeah. He just never, he just didn't get rattled, which is cool. And the other thing I was thinking about is, would you rather win early? 
as a young player or have to wait until much later in your career oh. to win? Get Specifically it over with. Green jacket. Get it over with early. You say, okay, interesting. I would go the other way. I would say I, I'd want to build toward it because I think I would appreciate it more. I think you, I mean, I guess you have the pressure, uh, the monkey on your back, so to speak. Yeah. But now, scheffler has got the pressure from, from now on. The rest of his career, it's, it's championship or bust type of thing. It's just like, you know, a guy like Russell Wilson who wins early, you know, in, in the NFL. It's like hey, Aaron Rodgers. You know, like, then, they, then they're always chasing that, that win again. You would think, oh, well, they've already got it. They're good to go. No, you still got to do it. And, and so Jordan Spieth, as good as he was early, now he's such a letdown. It's like, yeah, Jordan Spieth. Eh. That's what happens. Well, I got I to put some respect on my Jordan. Dallas boys here. So it's another Masters coming home to Dallas. Jordan and now Scotty. Right. I don't know. For, this is probably just my own personal heart speaking. But I would want to just for, – for me, it feels like Scotty can now be pressure-free. Now, obviously, he's playing pressure-free because of his – life in Christ. But from a golfer perspective, oh yeah, I already won the Masters. Now I can just play golf. He's already won a green jacket. He's won know, a few times. So. In my perspective, because like for for a guy like Sergio Garcia, wins his first major in 2017, took him forever. That's probably yeah. grueling. So I don't that know. That was epic. That was an epic one though. It was. The but... build, the crescendo. Oh, yeah, there's something to be said about just having to wait for something. I guess I maybe I've had to wait a lot in my life. I don't know. But, and that's why I appreciate the wait. I appreciate the, the, the grind when people get it right away at 25. Actually, that's not true because I had some stuff happen early in my life too. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good debate to think that's about. That's tough. So, uh, I mean, I I, if you know you're going to win, I, building up to it, I can see that being tremendous. Like, Sir, again, Sergio's win was awesome. But Phil had to wait a little while. Yeah, but, yeah but, but when you have to wait and you don't know if you're going to win, that is brutal. Because that's even, for, for Phil, tremendous pressure. You've got to win yeah. a major. Sergio, you've got to win a major. Scotty never have to experience that. He's 25. He already has his major. Perhaps the yeah. best major in golf. But, but he also talked about, you know, was he ready for this? And, and, and trusting in God's timing. He kind of yeah. talked about that in another clip that I saw. But there's something to be said about that, too, where – can you handle now everybody's paying attention to yeah. every tournament and every poor performance? Yeah. And now you've got more people interested in you to uh, be a spokesman and have new sponsors. I mean, he's already got Nike, but you know, all yeah. that, all of that, that gets added on. He's got media obligations. Was anybody interviewing Scotty Scheffler three months ago? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I get that. He yeah. at least passed the first test of all the pressure this week at the masters. All eyes were on him. He was in the final pairing Friday, Saturday, wow. and Sunday. All eyes were on Tiger. All eyes were on Tiger. He still he he got out of that. Now on the weekend, it, there were there it was that was the fair focus. point. That was the that's focus. actually interesting. I wonder if he noticed that. I wonder if other players noticed that. If they felt less pressure because Tiger's playing. I don't know. I still think um, playing playing in the same pairing as Tiger must be so unbelievably scary. Like these poor amateur players who come out and they have to get paired with Tiger. Yeah, it's amazing, but also you never had more people in your life following you, watching every shot, watching you hit into the water, hitting it out of bounds. Who who did he play with? They want Neiman. Was it Neiman? Play with Neiman, and he I mean, he played well. He played well. 
Yeah. I don't think he played well over the weekend, but he played He's well. He's also had a couple wins, but no, he played, he well, played well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll we'll get away from the uh, the serious side of golf for a moment because I want to bring up a, a more important question. And this is something that I think about often. I have been thinking about it for years. And because Dan Patrick brought it up today, uh, I saw it on Twitter. I assume they talked about it on their show today. But they, they tweeted this out. Scotty Scheffler should change it to change his name to Scott now or keep it Scotty. And they say they put it go Scotty wire to wire. 92% of the audience said to keep it at Scotty. And so the debate is if you have, you know, Scotty is kind of a, like Timmy or Billy. It's like a, a, ch- a childish name. Uh-huh. Some would consider that. Even though Scotty Pippen lasted forever as Scotty. Um, so do you change it to Scott to be more official type of thing? All right. So that's one conversation. I guess that's what Dan Patrick had today. <laughs> Here's my conversation. As someone who meets people, who has friends, who has, you know, you meet people at church and different places, and they tell you what their name is, and then come to find out, it's like, wait, do they go by Scott or Scotty, Mike or Michael? Just in the Mm. Masters, we had, I heard Cameron Smith and Cam Smith. What is it? I'm losing my microphone here. What is it? Is it, (laughs) do you want to go by Cam or do you want to go by Cameron? Now, I know someone who... He only wants to go by Michael. Don't call him Mike. His dad is Mike. Yep. And so I don't know if we've brought this up before, but this is, this is something that I'm passionate about. Okay. And, and it came up again. And so if you're Scotty, you're now Scotty forever. And there's no this, this switching back and forth. I'm even, I don't know if maybe he'll listen to this. I'm in a new life group. And <laughs> there, our leader, one of the leaders, his name, I call him Dave because he signs his email Dave, mm. but everybody else in the group calls him David. So is it Dave or David? Interesting. You're Luke. You're not Lucas. You're Luke. Yeah. You got to commit. But this happens in sports <laughs> all the time. It's like Mike or Michael, Jim or Jimmy. What are you? And then it's like if you, if you know someone, now all of a sudden they, be, they become the short name. But do I know them well enough to call them their short name? Okay. Or do I call them their official name? So. I, I think I agree with you. Actually, I, for a fact, agree with you. Let's just give the example. So one of my good friends, his name is Michael, but he goes by Mikey. Everyone calls him Mikey. He has to introduce himself as Mikey. Or you're doing someone a disservice. You don't want to be the guy that calls someone the wrong name. Hey, Michael. Wait, wait, who's Michael? Everyone's calling him Mikey? Yeah. I, you, if you go... Yeah, your name on your birth certificate may be Michael. But if you go by Mikey, you have to introduce yourself as that. Because other everyone's calling you that. You don't want to be the guy that calls you the wrong name. Another, so my wife, Madeline, she does not go by Maddie. Hates it. Okay. She goes by Madeline. And it's hard. So the thing she comes up with is, this is another part of the conversation, is when people assume wrong. And you give ah. someone a nickname. So ah, if you, you go, th- this this is another interesting point. So if you go by Madeline or you go by Michael and someone just automatically assumes, oh, yeah, they probably go by Mikey. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. what's up, Maddie? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, that's not my yep. name. Yep. Well, uh, the assumptions, that's way too far, way too far. So I won't have that because then it puts Madeline in a difficult position. People are call- Some people call her have been calling her Maddie for two years. 
It's like, no. when do I step in? When do I step in and change? Or no. someone will email them and just assume Maddie right off the bat. Hey, Maddie, how's it going? And it's like, well, do I come out, come across as a jerk? I've never met this person. This is potentially my boss or an older employee. Do I just go with it? So if you got to, if you don't know them, assume it's the name you see. Assume it's the name on the birth certificate until they tell you. So there's responsibilities on both ends here. I, I lean toward the person with the name carrying more responsibility. Like if you want to be called something, then you've got to make it very clear. Now, the people that are willy-nilly giving people nicknames, that's on you. You can't yeah. you can't go short. You can't go, hey, what's up, what's up, Dave, unless yeah. you it's been indicated. Because yes. so that is on you. Yes. But I got the email from Dave, even though everyone else calls him David. So now I'm the only one calling him Dave. Yeah, that's thinking, his fault. That's, though. that's his want. fault though. So for, for Madeline and her in her email signature, it says Madeline Heaton. So if someone schedules a meeting with her, you can't call her Maddie. You got to call her Madeline until told otherwise. So it's, it's just unbelievable. Well, my daughter's name is Maddie, and that we went straight to Maddie. So, so that's, we the, that's the birth certificate name, Maddie. There's no Madeline. There's there's none of that. Madison, uh-uh, Maddie. Okay. Now we have our daughter Michaela, which maybe she could go by Mick or Mickey, or you know M- MJ or something like that. So. <laughs> oh. They're both, they both could be MJ. MJ. I named both, both of my daughters after MJ. <laughs> uh, so we got that in there. But, uh, but anyway, so if, you have, if you're listening right now, we want to hear from you. If you're, a, if you're one of these Mike, Michael, Dave, David, how do you determine who gets to call you what? Because then it's always interesting when the wife calls them some, something or the mom, or, you okay. know, the parent, hey, you the, know family, the family calls me. Billy, but my professional name is Bill. Okay, so what do I call you? I'm your friend. Well, no, you're Bill. <laughs> you're the other well, category. But I thought we were closer now. I, so I can't call you Billy? So I no, want no, no, to give here. room for unique husband-wife nicknames. So Dalton, part of the Unpacking It community, his wife's name is Katie, but he calls her Kate. But he, he seems to be one of the very few that calls her Kate. And I, I, I want to leave room for that. The, the husband and wife nicknames what they call each other. And like she'll call him Dalt for short instead of Dalton. But in other relationships, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't work. So I want to leave room for that, yeah, for the then, husband and wife. Well, then if we're talking to Dalton, then we say, hey, how's Katie doing? No, no. It, in this circumstance, it's clearly Katie. Because she'll introduce herself as that, as Katie. But like All behind right. the scenes, he call, I know he calls her Kate. And I think that's okay. Yeah. All right. Well. We'll let that one slide, I guess. So, so oh. what, what does Jody call you? Big B? Honey. Bryson? <laughs> you ever had anyone calls you Bryson? For long? No. They give you the long name? Yeah, no. B Rice. B Rice is about the only. B Rice. Jody doesn't call me that. But <laughs> um, what did the girls call me in, in college? Brycey Poo. I get oh, Brycey Poo. Yeah, that was painful. It wasn't like a, that was like a friendly, the girls that were friends. Um, Bricey poo. So yeah, that didn't, that didn't, thankfully that didn't stick. Uh, but then also, you know, you also have the guys like in the sports realm, you know, you go by your last name. So I have a guy that life, you know, high school buddy that's yeah. in my fantasy league. We call him speaker. Well, his name is Steven speaker. Yeah. Well, now in the professional world, people are calling him speaker. They call him Steven. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we don't even know him by his first name. 
Yeah. So it's like, nah, that's not even a, so if he ever, if we ever see him pop up anywhere else on social media or whatever, Steve, who's Steven? Who's talking about Steven? I don't huh. know Steven. So that's interesting too. Well, my entire college friend group only last names. There was a select few where they went by their first name, but like most people just called me Heaton. Well, most people call me Big Red, which was nice. That was a fun nickname. But we all yeah. called each other by our last names, like we're drill sergeants or something. And it just stuck. I don't know why guys do that. But for the guys that, there was a select few, like one of my roommates, Pierce, his last name's Miller. But if anyone called him Miller, it's like, wait, who are you talking about? It's Pierce. So he was one of the select few that fell into the first name category. It makes no uh, sense. I don't know how anything adds up. But the last well, name thing's interesting. As, as long as you guys, yeah, you got to commit as a friend group. Uh, I do love what Shannon posted. She says, I called my neighbor Jerry for five years. When he moved, I found out his <laughs> name was Norman. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that one. That's tough. <laughs> Totally I wonder who's at fault there because it can't be I heard it wrong. You can't hear Jerry no. from Norman. Hey, Jerry. Oh. Hope you're doing well. Who's Jerry? <laughs> oh, hey. She must be talking to me for five years. Wow. That's tremendous. Oh, it's hilarious. It's, well, this is a whole other topic, but when you actually don't know the person's name, when you should know the person's name. Brutal. May have to save that topic for another day, but that yeah, happens this with what, Yeah. This one comes in when you get a text from a you get a text from a number you didn't save, Ooh. and they're texting you like they know you. Hey man, how's it going? Heard this happened, but I don't know who it is. Then that's another like, how do oh. I how do I proceed here? Sometimes I've just I've just send a selfie of myself. Hope they send one back. I'm banking but, on they'll send a selfie weird. back. I don't think that's, that's probably not the answer. <laughs> so I can figure out who is this person. Nah, I wouldn't go with that one. That seems. Well, I don't know if you can take selfies on Androids, though. So maybe, maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's just an iPhone thing. <laughs> you just sending a random selfie to a guy you don't know who it is? Well, they obviously know who I am and, and are operating as in I have their number saved. Yeah, that, yeah, that seems dangerous. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't do that. So there you go. There's, anyway. there's this week's life quandary. Uh, I don't know if we landed on Cam or Cameron or, or I guess we'll stick with Scotty Scheffler, but. Cameron Smith played pretty well until he until the 12th hole. So then he, he kind of <laughs> unraveled at that point. But uh, all right, let's get to uh, tap drill. Henry, thankfully, Henry is straight to Henry. Bryce, straight to Br- Bryce. I was about to say Bruce. I don't know where I got that from. <laughs> and then uh, Luke, no Lucas, just Luke. So we're all squared away here on unpacking it. Like, it's even funny with Charles Barkley because Charles, it's like Charles and Chuck. And then who gets to call him Chuck? I feel like his fans, we've now accepted that we get to call him Chuck. Um, even though I'm not sure that, that we really should. He's still Charles to us. But we feel like we've known him because we've been watching him for so many years. Um, so we're actually, uh, I'm connected to Jim Nance. And so my, my buddy, who's his godson, calls him Uncle Jimmy. And so my friend group also calls him Uncle Jimmy, even though we don't personally know him like that. <laughs> so I guess we get away with it. I don't know. It's 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 questionable, but he's still he's still Jim. But he had two great he had two great calls on those uh Colin Morikawa and and Rory uh chip in birdies. So Yeah. Well, Jim. I think it's hilarious when the nickname is not even close to what the real name is. So like I don't know, like I've always been like Bill from William. That's always confused me. That is because then tough. you have you have, I mean what ten different options to go by, then it's a- absolutely at the responsibility of whoever's name that is. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. William is the most confusing, but you, but Charles to Chuck is confusing too. That Jim to James, Jim to James, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. So I'm I'm Bryce Taylor, so I I don't have to deal with the confusion on that. Hmm. So even though yeah, more so the spelling, Bryce with an I or a Y. Well, there's no I in Bryce, so we're good. <laughs> Team player. Yeah, unless <laughs> unless it's Bryce Johnson, uh, UNC NBA. That's right. That's why I didn't have to worry about him. <laughs> and he fizzled out of the league, but I was drafted, so I, I do take that. I, my right. name was drafted, so I like that. <laughs> um, well, before Henry gets uh, gets ready, the, the NBA playoffs start this Saturday. I know I'm really excited. It has been, you know, it's been so busy, though. March Madness was so good. The Masters oh. was so good. Now we jump right into the NBA playoffs. This week we got the play-in games. My Hornets play on Tuesday against Atlanta for a chance to then play the winner of Brooklyn and Cleveland on Friday night. Uh, so that's kind of interesting with the final four teams in the Eastern Conference as well as the Western Conference. The Clippers seem to be kind of the favorite in those uh, in their play-in game in the West. But the Pelicans, eh, they didn't look great last night, but they'd be an interesting team to, to make it and if, if Zion ever came back, but it yeah. doesn't seem as, as likely at this point. Well, my, uh, my Mavericks are going to be the higher seed in the playoff series, first time since 2011, which is wow. kind of sickening but also exciting. Uh, but hopefully Luca could get his first playoff series win. I, I want to ask the listeners today, are you exhausted right now? Because I, <laughs> we were talking about this, like we just went hardcore March Madness, hardcore Masters, and you said the playing game start on Tuesday? Or tonight. With, no, with tonight. The, or tonight. Tuesday, Wednesday. With, when the playoff game, with, the, with these playing games, there's no break. It's like you get a quick power, a sports power nap, and then you're back on the clock. We're we're, we're back to business. So the, <laughs> the I love the play-in games because they make things more interesting, especially if you're kind of a fringe team. Um, I, I think the play-in games are very entertaining. But as a sports fan, man, we got to catch a second wind. It's been a, it's been an exhilarating, but you know I, I'm a little tired, but I'm gonna push through. That's right. I know I've had to like mow my lawn and get all the weeds out of my yard. I mean, it was, it was getting ridiculous. So then I watched the masters. This happens to me every year. I've mentioned it last year. As soon as I look at the beautiful masters grass, I look out my backyard and go, "Uh Oh, I'm so far from that. I gotta go. I gotta go do something. (laughs) So I pulled the weeds. I got this new weed puller tool. And so, uh, I got a little work done and I, I actually listened to the masters a lot this weekend, just uh, drive in and different things. Golf on the radio is not that bad. It's actually, oh, it's, it's, it's like ear candy. It's so satisfying to listen to. The voices are calm. It's it's tremendous. I have a, a I have point. a little bone to pick here with the broadcasting. Uh, and you're I know you're a broadcasting junkie. Don't don't look on Jimmy now. So I'm not I'm not gonna dunk on Jim here, but we've we've got to retire Vern Lundquist. I mean, oh, I disagree. No, so his voice is iconic. But he's got uh, – I don't know if he has much to offer. All, all he says, he introduces the player or he gives a condescending oh, dear, when, the, when anyone misses a putt. <laughs> like he would make every putt he's, he'll ever attempt. If someone misses a five-footer, oh, dear. What do you mean, oh, dear? These are the hardest greens to putt on in America. Whereas Shane Bacon and Colt Nost, they're doing the morning broadcast. And Colt Nost and Shane Bacon are giving actual context to every shot. I know what's happening better. Jim Nance, great, great voice. 
But the afternoon crew, the primetime crew, they're just narrating. And then Vern is just, at, I mean, coming close to not even narrating. He's just condescending and then just inter- saying players' names. So I'm ready to move on from that. So it's funny, hearing some of the newer voices, I have to adjust to it. Like, one, I was listening on the radio. One guy was, was reading, a, like, a live commercial and had way too much energy. I'm like, dude, this is a golf <laughs> broadcast. This isn't the middle of March Madness where we're, we're excited. we got to bring it down a notch. I was like, this, this is uncomfortable. I'm, I'm moving, and I'm an excitable guy. I, yeah. I'm high energy. I could never do golf. Yeah, who let uh, Iron Eagle in the building? That's what yeah, it, it was like, like Gus Johnson was reading a, a commercial. <laughs> It's like, whoa, 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 this is Friday at the Masters. Let's, let you, let's pump the brakes here, buddy. Um, anyway, and, they, but the, and the other guys, you can tell that they grew up in the Tiger era, and their love for Tiger was shining through almost uncomfortably too. I was getting a little bit of that, whereas at least guys like Vern have been around so long, they can put everything in perspective. So, well, any, yeah, anytime I hear Vern, I feel like I'm watching the 230 game for SEC college football. I'm like, wait. Where am I right now? Oh, this is number 16 at the Masters. Oh, Vern is great with golf, man. The Happy Gilmore. He's the voice of Happy Gilmore. I love that. Yeah, I was was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, I thought Vern was done. He's hanging on for one event a year. Good for him. (laughs) Maybe I'm just a hater on that one. (laughs) You're just what? Maybe I'm just a hater. I'm I'm ready for him. Hey, leave while it's still good. We're towing the line with with staying a little too long you don't want to prolong your stay i know we got lee corso like that <laughs> bill raftery it's, it's it's pushing it but i like the i like the classic guys i'm on the, i'm on that side yeah other than raftery i just didn't understand him this year it was getting it was getting a little tough i still love the enthusiasm in the booth but it was it was hard to hear exactly what he was saying yeah I the only guy that is impossible to overstay his welcome is hubie brown oh he's it's the just, best yeah what is 88 or something it's uh, unbelievable Enjoy him during the playoffs this weekend yeah, yeah. he's the best all right, let's see. Uh, we'll try uh, Henry again. Now he's all excited. Here we go. We got to get him, get him back on here. You guys got me now. We got you. Go ahead, man. Got Take you. It away. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's go through. Let's do some tap drill. A new trend in Major League Baseball this year is players getting mic'd up for regular season games, taking what's been done in spring training, and now doing it on Sunday night football. Kike Hernandez had some fun moments during last night's Yankee Red Sox game. So, guys, what do you think of this new wrinkle in the baseball broadcast? Fantastic. This is a game changer to me to be able to hear a guy that's out on the field and then to hear him what he's saying to himself as he's about to make a play. I mean, it's, it's remarkable because baseball is a slower sport. People appreciate that. That's fine. But to be able to hear more in between plays and then even during a play from the guys in it's this is fantastic and it really it's the only sport other than golf that could do this unless you heard from a guy in the free throw line in basketball that's unlikely and then in football it's almost like too loud probably too loud on the sidelines you can never get away with it unless you no. like dipped into maybe if you dipped into the huddle possibly but this there's not enough time in between plays whereas baseball there's so much time it seems like there's downtime so be able to capitalize on it I'm all in. This is fantastic. It works for every sport. <clears throat> every sport benefits from miking up the players, the coaches, the people involved. As fans, we can't do anything these professional athletes are doing. But it's it's a treat to be able to like actually hear their thought process. What are they thinking? So it, it, 
if it works for other sports, baseball has got to do it because no, they they're, are they're one of the more least time. exciting sports. The, so, the difference is this is real time. Yeah, so this so NF, so for like Cowboys games, we'll at the, after each game the Cowboys post. Uh, there's a couple minute stretch with players mic'd up on the sideline. You can hear stuff at the huddle. So entertaining. Basketball, where they do the couple minute stretch of them running up and down the court with the microphone. Uh, any type of mic'd up is great, but live action. That's why in golf broadcasters, hey, w- when players and caddies are talking, mute your microphones. I don't want to hear about. I don't want to hear what you're about to say. I want to hear the players and caddies talk. <laughs> that, like that's it, the yeah, best. Right. Yeah, sort of like what like we it. had with the challenge with the with the uh, Peyton Manning and Phil Mickelson and uh, Tom right. Brady and yeah. Charles Barkley. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, implement that more. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you know that these guys have their own version of the Manning cast with Alex Rodriguez and Michael Kay doing the same doing the same yet. type of thing? I have not seen it yet, so I, I'll, I'll give that a try though. Yeah. I, it's not. It's because it's a 162 game season. You're not going to see it every single every single Sunday. But I think they have like 30 of those when it's like a big broadcast. So keep your eyes out for that. Well, can Moving, I just? Can I get in a quick soapbox real quick? 162 games. Can we just like, say that out loud? Cut that in half at minimum. What are we doing? 162 games. That is so beyond way too many games. It's not even funny. NBA possibly has too many games. MLB, 162 games is outrageous. No one can tune in for those. I was Make, make games more meaningful. It's, it's unbelievable. Way too many games. Even I was hearing somebody talk about how, what if college basketball turned into a one-semester sport? So just go from January to April. Versus trying to compete against football, which is interesting. So to me, shorter shorter seasons is I, I'm I'm in favor for. But yeah, baseball they still they want to milk milk the whole summer and get as many day games and fill the oh. stadiums and all these. I mean, they all sign these individual deals with cable networks, and and so they make a ton of money because they've got they sell all that inventory of advertising, and so it always goes back to that. Unfortunately, yeah. now all right, what's next? About uh, what's next is that uh, we go we go right to basketball and sort of like what we had with football with Tom Brady making sure that Gronk got his bonus we had Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks he got a hundred and six thousand dollar bonus for being on the court for eight seconds just to make (laughs) sure he got his bonus so the question to you boys is this what's the easiest thing you guys did for the most amount of money I love this question. That's great. Uh, well, you know, you got to give Drew Holiday credit. He played 67 games this season. So he, he you start the game, you get credit for it, you're good to go, you make all that money. You know, for me, over the years, I've had a couple opportunities probably, one in particular, where somebody paid me for my voice. And I just had to record something. And it was, you know, not too hard to do. And then to get paid, wait, you're going to pay me that to do this? All right, yeah, I'm in. Unfortunately, I haven't had enough of those opportunities, but that's what comes to mind for me. Now, I, going back a long time, when I used to get paid to, like, water the plants or take a, an animal out for some, you know, house sit, house sitting. That's, that's one of the better gigs. That's how you, let me pause up. you right there. That's how we know Bryce isn't a pet person. He just said, take an animal out. He can't even name the pet. <laughs> They're all the same. 
Are you he kidding me? A, yeah, I got paid to take an animal out. You walking a cow? You you cattle cattle guy? Yeah. What are we talking here? <laughs> he didn't even say if it was a dog or a cat or a goldfish. An he said an animal. <laughs> I I never had pets, but I did pet sit a few times, but it ended up it was never a great thing. So I, I got to witness work. Bryce doing voice acting in person the summer I was interning oh. in Charlotte. It was hilarious. It was for like a movie role or something, and you could tell. The, the director was trying to coach Bryce because he was radi- in radio voice mode. He was like, a uh, little less radio, a little more emotion, yeah. little, little, little more <laughs> diversity in, in the voice levels. It was, oh, it was so funny. A I little know. bit more I, pitch, if you please. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't get in. I couldn't find the right sweet spot. That's why I just need to do voice work with, within my lane. I, got, yeah. I, t- I tried getting out of my lane in that situation. So that's funny. You were there for that. That's a good oh, yeah. point. I didn't get the part. Whatever the, whatever the part I was going for, I didn't get it. Like oh, a they, made a, they made a mistake. They did. Gosh, they missed out. I got I to gotta get back to the drawing board on that. All right. Speaking All of right, acting, we, Henry. Uh, yeah, as, as a matter of fact, now you see that's the reason why Bryce is the professional. It's a perfect segue to the next tap drill, which involves our own Tony Gonzalez, who was in Spectrum Network's long, slow exhale, playing the father of an of an athlete. So what do you think of the future Hall of Famer, if he's not already a Hall of Famer, Tony Gonzalez turning actor, and who's your favorite athlete turning actor? Yeah, this was an interesting one, because Tony Gonzalez has been in the media world. He was at CBS and Fox, and I think he's still staying on Fox, but he's doing a bunch of acting. I think that's why he wanted to actually switch to Fox, so he could be out in L.A., um, so he's got, I guess, kind of his, his acting debut here, um, a show I've never heard of. Spe- I don't even know what Spectrum Network is. Is that like, I guess that's a cable network? I don't know what that is. But good for Tony Gonzalez. Um, you know what? I'll take this opportunity to say Shaq in Kazam gets a bad rap. That was a fun movie as a kid. I enjoyed that. Shaq is a genie? Are you kidding me? In the height of his NBA fan uh, nba uh prowess or whatever i i that that movie always gets ripped on like ah oh, shaq did kazam that was that was fine for a 10 year old kid i love that movie so i'll defend shaq as my as my favorite athlete turned actor if we're not counting the rock i guess the rock like we talked about last week um that's still, he's still the best but yeah i'll go shaq i'll tell you what every player in like mike like Mike is one of the best sports movies of all time. So shout out to Steve Nash playing an electric role in Like Mike. Mavericks Steve Nash. Steve Nash. So shout out, shout out to Steve. Those that Like Mike movie. Oh my gosh, I could not watch it enough. Lil Bow Wow. Oh Bow Wow. Oh yeah. Great. So well, he was Lil Bow Wow then. Don't give him Bow Wow now. There's another guy who changed his name. Are you Lil Bow Wow? Are you? Oh, now you're Bow Wow. <laughs> That's right. Don't be Lil. Don't be Lil then. Like P. Diddy. How many times P. Diddy, Puff Daddy? I mean, what what, what, Sean? We we don't know who he is. Get out of here with that. Snoop Dogg tried to be Snoop Lion. No, you get a name. That was was interesting. Snoop Lion. Stick with it. You stick with your name. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm not changing it. All right. There you go. (laughs) Last one, Henry. Vienna. You're still Henry Vienna, even though we still we probably called you Henry. We used to actually our producer Chris used to spell your name like Eric Bienemy. He would spell it Henry Bienemy in our uh, show notes. So we finally got that fixed. I think. 
So well, we well, well I'm definitely grateful for that. Speaking yeah. of names, we got one more name to talk about, and that is Frank Vogel. As well, not more his name, but his title as former coach of the LA Lakers, or soon to be former Laker. Uh, head coach of the L.A. Lakers. L.A. Lakers finished 18 games under 500. All the rumors are saying that he's going to be fired as early as today. So, guys, did Frank Vogel get a bad rap? Was he not up for success this season? So, all right, I, I root for the Lakers, and Frank Vogel has been a good coach throughout his career. You know, Indiana, he actually, he did a really nice job. He was okay in Orlando, but didn't. Yeah. Orlando didn't have necessarily the players to really judge that fairly. Well, he's he goes great. He's great on impractical jokers as well. <laughs> that guy's <laughs> off the show now. He le- I think what? He left. I think that. I think that's the one that left. One of the guys left. Oh, um, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Sad. But uh, but anyway, <laughs> um, he also looks like Colin Cowherd. He's got a little Frank Vogel looks like Colin Cowherd. Interesting. A bit. Um, I. I thought it was impressive that he was able to get that team to win in the bubble. Like people will downplay that championship. That that was a that's a really tough circumstance to win, um, and and for them to be the team to to rise to the occasion. And, and LeBron has a lot to do with that. But Frank Vogel kept those guys composure. You go on that run in the bubble, you win it. He won a championship. But the reality is, LeBron doesn't necessarily like to be coached. He, he just doesn't. He's had a bunch of different coaches. He's had guys fired. It's just it's part of his story that he's never had an elite coach. He didn't learn how to be coached in uh, college, um, you know, by skipping college. I think there's there's something to be said about that. And then he didn't play for, you know, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, those types of guys the way Jordan and Kobe did. Um, and so that's why he's different in that way. So to me, they, the Lakers, hey, it was problems this year. They're not going to get rid of Le- LeBron, it doesn't seem like. So we'll get rid of Vogel just to reset, bring some new, a new voice, new blood. I understand it. Like, you feel bad for Vogel, but he'll get another shot somewhere. He'll, he'll resurface. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Is he the reason they lost this year? No. No. It wasn't because of him. And no. any, anybody with half – anybody That roster is uncoachable. Uncoachable. Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook a hurt Anthony Davis, and a not-super-healthy LeBron. Are you kidding me? As a co- We've talked about this before. As a coach, how do you coach LeBron? He's the coach. How do you tell LeBron what to do? He's going to do what he wants. How do you yeah. coach a team where all those guys in the same roster? I don't know. Very difficult. He was up against it. So yeah, good for him for somewhat keeping his composure throughout the year. I'm sure sometimes it was. I mean, think about those press conferences every night. You got to answer questions about Russell Westbrook and oh yeah, stuff. Where's is Anthony Davis ever going to play again? Oh, probably not. He's always hurt. So yeah, it was a tough year for the Lakers. They got some big big questions uh, to answer. Where will Westbrook go? Will he go to Indiana? Even Charlotte has been mentioned. Could Charlotte get rid of the Gordon Hayward contract for him? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think you'd want him next to LaMelo Ball, but that's an intriguing contract trade. Uh, So we'll see. All right, guys. Hey, great show. Enjoyed it. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Uh, I can't wait to get the emails from the Mikes and Michaels and Daves and Davids. So let us know uh, how you determine what name you go by. (laughs) We want to hear it. So congrats to Scotty Scheffler. Uh, Appreciate him sharing his faith during uh, press conferences after winning the Masters. That was cool. Good stuff from him. Um, And then today's encouragement. We're not enough. 
we're not enough. We can't earn salvation. We can't earn God's love, but it, we're, get, we're given salvation through Jesus, through faith in him. And, and so we cling to that. And so I hope that you have a wonderful week uh, leading up to Easter. I hope you can find some time to, to really contemplate uh, the finished work of Jesus and, and the fact that, man, we're not enough and that's okay because Jesus is enough. So uh, we need him. He loves us. Let's walk with him. And, uh, man, we'll celebrate on, on Easter for sure. So enjoy it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Luke and Henry. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.